There's no greater joy in life than becoming a mom or dad. And just when you think you've got the hang of it, you're becoming a parent again for your own mom and dad. If you're raising kids and helping aging parents, welcome aboard. You're one of us in the sandwich generation. This is The Sandwich Generation with Chris Godfrey. Chris was an offensive lineman with the Super Bowl 21 champion New York Giants. Today, he is an estate planning and elder law attorney in South Bend, helping families make the most of their home field advantage. Hello, I'm Chris Godfrey and welcome to The Sandwich Generation. Back in 1985, a priest friend of mine uh, went to Chicago, not to see the then Super Bowl shuffling bears, but rather to visit Mother Teresa. And he had the opportunity to ask her a question. And he asked her, what is the number one most urgent thing we Americans need to have? And she paused for 20 seconds, sitting there with her head almost bowed to her knees. And when she came back up again, she repeated three times, freedom of heart. And everything comes down to relationships, you know, to, to have good ones, you know, we need to have our hearts free of things, not attached to lesser things. You know, the Bears had a really good year that year, but their glory has faded, you know, whereas the relationships that we had back then and still have now are going strong because love lasts forever and it can only be found in relationships with other people. And we in the sandwich generation have no shortage of relationships. Heck, we might even be secretly wishing for a few less of them at times. And if that sounds like you, you're not going to want to miss this show because we can become friends of God through them. And our guest today is Kathy Nolan, and she'll help us gain some insight as we care for both the elderly and the young while trying to keep our own heads above water. She's the mother of eight and grandmother of 32. And she and her husband, Dennis, have long spread devotion to our Blessed Mother through various initiatives over time. So thank you for joining us today, Kathy. It's great to have you. Well, thank you, Chris. It's wonderful to be here. You know, we met, oh, 30 years ago, I think. And, uh, and I can remember your big, happy, rambunctious families. I think you guys were running conferences at that time. And um, we have kids similar in similar ages, but we catch the tail end of years with our oldest. And a couple of our daughters are very close friends. But can you give us a glimpse of how you remember perhaps some of the phases that you've gone through in your family life? Or is it all just such a blur that you're just <laughs> <laughs> happy to be out through the other end in peace? Oh, it's a, it's a wonderful memory, but there are so many challenges I remember all the way through, which with each stage, of course, when you're first married and you're thinking about uh, your family life together, we were married in 1970, so then the culture was really morphing. People were just changing the way they thought about marriage and family. Very unsettled. Very unsettled. I remember being uh, from my class at St. Mary's, I was the only one that seemed to be having any children. And it was very countercultural for, mm. for us, at least from college friends and uh, if it hadn't been for the church for and for things like Humanae Vitae, it would have been hard for us to make the choice not to contracept. Mm -hmm. That was the first barrier we reached. We had to make a decision, and um, because we had 
the church's guidance and also friends who are choosing the same way. We decided to have children, and we did. We <laughs> we ended up having eight, and um, girl rebels, huh? <laughs> yeah, we were, and it was it it did. My family members, my personal family, they they were not comfortable with the way we were doing things. Everybody was worried about having children, and we thought, what's the worry? You've been doing it for thousands of years, <laughs> <laughs> and so we did. And that that basic decision was, I think really key to the joy that we still have today. Beautiful. Yeah. Were there noticeable phases that you went <laughs> through, like you know, like a baby phase and then you had teenager phase? Of but course. with a family that big, you probably uh, had a foot in all boats at the same time. I think our, bi- our phases are blurred in their boundaries because we... Uh, there's 21 years between the oldest and the youngest. Mm-hmm. And so when some of our kids are going off to college, we were having babies still. And, um, and that, and that also was for our children, I think, very beautiful, because as they were in high school, and they were thinking about their future, they saw more babies coming, Mm -hmm. and they fell in love with the baby. I remember the last one, Joe, he was born when I was 43. And all the big kids came into the hospital room after he was born, and they were just towering over that little cradle where their little brother was. Mm. And I could see them just falling in love with him. They, they couldn't believe it. And so now they've all chosen to have babies. And that makes, I don't know, that just is fantastic. That's beautiful. Did you have an, at any point in time have concerns or, or responsibilities for older family members, extended family members during all of that? Well, um, we did not live near either of our parents. Dennis's family was in California. My family was in Michigan. But my parents did run into, you know, the things you run into. My mother had Alzheimer's toward the end of her life, and it was a big issue for our family that we had to deal with. And I did the best I could to help, but actually my youngest sister gave up her work and just stayed home with my mom Mm -hmm. and dad and took care of them until they both died. So Mm -hmm. she was, what a blessing to our family that she would do that. Yeah. It's a nice thing about big families. They pitch in and help. Yeah. So, you know, every family has different circumstances, but of course we all tried to help. But having her take over the responsibility made it just smooth and beautiful for everybody. Nice. Well, this is the Sandwich Generation on Redeemer Radio. I'm Chris Godfrey, and my guest is Kathy Nolan of Mary TV, and we're discussing how her role as mother and grandmother has changed over the years. So, Kathy, uh, what do you find more difficult now that you, you find your own self aging up? Like, mm-hmm. you you know, we used mm-hmm. to watch our parents do this thing, but now we're doing it ourselves. You know, what are you finding more difficult as you approach this? Well, my self-image has changed. I guess that's the one thing. And this, I don't ever tell anybody this, but I do think about, well, what what am I going to be able to manage in the future? And why am I feeling this way about this? And, you know, just kind of knowing that I'm changing. I think the biggest thing is fear. I remember my mother when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Her eyes were just filled with fear because she knew how much she was changing and she knew she was going to lose yeah. 
the ability to take care of herself, and it was terribly frightening. And we all tried to comfort her and be with her, but mainly she had to deal with it somehow, and she did, she did. And so I'm, I have the same thoughts. What, what, what am I going to be like in 10 years? Am mm. I going to be able to take care of myself? Am I going to be able to take care of Dennis? You know. So those things are there, and the only thing I can say is my relationship with God has, is all about that because... I know that I'm in his hands. I have been for the last 70 years, and I will be till the end. And he has not let me down once. He has not. That's quite a track record he's it got. Is. <laughs> it is. He, it is. My life was not easy. We were poor. We struggled. We lived counterculturally, I guess. And uh, But he never let us down. And so for me to face the next few years, I have a lot to lean on. Because I, mm. my experience has been so full of his grace. And I also have a relationship with Our Lady, and she has said this in one of messages of an apparition that I'm very fond, very connected with, Medjugorje. She said, I love you, dear children, with a special love, and I desire to bring you all to heaven unto God. I want you to realize that this life lasts briefly compared to the one in heaven. Therefore, dear children, decide again today for God. Only that way will I be able to show how much you are dear to me and how much I desire all to be saved and to be with me in heaven. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And so those kind of things guide me in this time when I could be fearful, but mm. I, I'm not. Mm. <laughs> How do you think that children can help their parents who are starting to face these limitations? How do you, how do you think they can help their parents best? That's a good question. Are some some approaches more helpful than others? <laughs> <laughs> well, every family has different a different way of relating to each other, kids and parents and all. My kids are very loving, and they're also very patient. So they're waiting sort of for cues from us. Although in the background, I think they're having uh, texts, you know, little texts about what are we going to do when mom tries to mow the lawn again? You know, <laughs> she can't do that. And, and trying to figure out those things for us before we get there so that it's not so clumsy and difficult. But so they're doing their best. And, um, and I'm, I'm not afraid that they'll let us down at all. I know they're mm -hmm. going to be there. So but I think I think it is important, I would say, to be very, very respectful of your parents as they get older, even though they may seem like they're getting a little silly, mm -hmm. because we do. <laughs> but that silliness is just, I mean, it's like babies are silly. Let's be happy about it and enjoy each other and not be afraid of it, mm -hmm. not be afraid of those changes. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard people that have studied this with other people, and they've seen certain sorts of similarities. And the seeming childishness is more a reflection of the parents don't see it as that big of a deal, as at least not to the magnitude that their kids do. Mm -hmm. The kids are busy, right? They got things to do and they're going to they're going to they're going to roll up their sleeves and help mom or dad right here. But the, in this little window of time, we're going to help get this thing done. We'll get you to the doctors or whatever. Mm -hmm. Where mom and dad are really that big of a hurry to get in the car. <laughs> right. You know, it's because they have different priorities. That's true. You know, and um, and so 
that's that's a big thing is just knowing that you have different priorities mm-hmm. in life. And, and I would imagine with a big, uh, loving family, that's probably even worse for somebody like you in the <laughs> sense that if you're like others, you probably have a lot of people who love you dearly, but who have conflicting ideas as, as to what's best for you. You're listening to The Sandwich Generation on Redeemer Radio. I'm Chris Godfrey, and my guest today is Kathy Nolan, mother, grandmother, and prayer warrior. <laughs> right? And since this is radio, our audience won't see the contrast between the term warrior and my guest's <laughs> gentle presence. You might hear it in her voice, and, and that's the way she is. And that kind of seeming contradiction brings to mind uh, a, another seeming different approach to confronting even evil, often depicted by the sword-wielding St. Michael and that of our beautiful lady, full of grace, who crushes the devil's head with her heel. Well, it seems like she's not even thinking about it, right? Her thoughts seem to be elsewhere, where Michael's intense wielding his sword and he's after it. Well, Mary is kind of like accomplishing it, but really not thinking about it because her thoughts are elsewhere. Do you have any, have you ever thought along those lines? (laughs) Have any thoughts with regards to that? Oh, I do, actually. You know, when you see statues of Our Lady, very often there will be a snake at the bottom and her little tiny toes (laughs) <laughs> on the head of the snake, holding it down. Yeah. And um, like the babies in the family, we have a statue, big one, that, and they always, it's the first thing they look at is, what is that snake? What's that, Grandma? <laughs> um, there she is holding it down, but she's looking toward heaven. You know, she's, she's with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Our Lady has really captured Dennis and me, and we live our life with her all the time. We pray probably five rosaries a day Mm. and maybe more, and we constantly think of her and try to um, respond to her and the way she's leading us. And so our, our, our future looks like just more and more rosaries and more and more time in prayer. I'm, I'm happy with that. You mm-hmm. know, the more we have to sit in the chair, the more rosaries will get done. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's to me joy. I mean, it's just joy, joy. By the end of our life, we're, we're just going to be so ready to go, I think, because mm-hmm. she's preparing us. Mm-hmm. She is. And, um, of course, she leads you to Jesus. And we go to daily Mass now, and we're the two old folks in the last row at at St. Joe. I've seen you there. Yeah, and, <laughs> and everybody knows that's our spot. And if somebody else gets into it, you know, like, wait a minute. But we're, we're just delighted to be at Mass, delighted to be able to be there and receive Jesus in the Eucharist. And we go to weekly confession, and because we have to, and it— it's uh, it's just heavenly. That kind of grace brings the ki- a peace that, you know, we couldn't make up. And as nice as we are, in which we aren't always nice, but we wouldn't be happy like we are now if it were not for prayer and the sacraments. What can you tell us, me, myself, and others who, you know, really try to live a good life and really need to be reminded uh, about the sacrament of confession that even though they don't have some doozies or whoppers that they got to get off their chest, that it could actually be a good thing to be availing your, uh, yourself of? What would you tell somebody? Oh, um, every every week when I go and I try to make a, an examination of conscience and 
it seems like the older I get, the more the Lord's bringing up old memories and saying, okay, let's talk about this. Talk to him, mm. up to my confessor about this. And there's always a new release of grace and letting go of resentments or fears or brokenness, constantly trying to free my soul from all those things. Mm -hmm. It's a, the best thing in the world for us older people because this is the time to get ready to meet God. And maybe repair relationships. Repair relationships, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think of the, uh, uh, I've recently thought of the Archangel Michael in a different sort of a way. And it had to do with some artwork that we created for a portable altar that we used in nursing homes. And we had a couple of spots for who we're going to put here. So we decided on the, on the Archangel Michael and our guardian angel. Mm. Our guardian angel's role in our lives is a little more clear cut. Yeah. St. Michael was usually somebody <laughs> you invoked if the Hun was invading and you needed some help. But it dawned on me that St. Michael is also probably the guy that we should turn to when we start feeling rebellious about our own situations. Mm. You know, I'm mm -hmm. stuck here in this nursing home. Yes. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm angry about the COVID thing or whatever it might be. And we feel like we're rising up to get into a bad mood and, you know, mm. I'm not getting what I should be getting and all the rest and a rebellion of sorts. And yeah. wasn't that St. Michael's chief security guard patch on his shoulder up there <laughs> in heaven was to put down rebellions. That's true. That's true. St. Michael, we pray that prayer every time we pray a rosary. And I feel that in our time, he's, he's, trying to protect people from the temptations of the devil. And there are so many of us in our world that have been separated from God enough that the devil really can get in there and mess with your mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm always praying to St. Michael to help, uh, you know, to defend the minds of those who are not defending themselves. Just mm -hmm. come in, take care of their, don't let them be tempted. Don't let them listen to that voice. And, uh, I think that he he will uh, have a great role as things get more and more difficult because uh, the devil has been allowed to be part of our society by more and more people who have cho chosen not to believe in God. Mm -hmm. He's got free reign. Mm -hmm. So we have to call in the forces to protect even them from what they're choosing for themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, this is The Sandwich Generation with Chris Godfrey on Redeemer Radio. And my guest today is Kathy Nolan, mother and grandmother and co-host of a show on Mary TV. So, so Kathy, how would you say that your prayer, and you've touched on it a little bit already, but how prayer is sustaining you through this new stage in your life? You know, you're, you're facing limitations, but how is that affecting the way you feel, feel spiritually? Do you find a kind of an inverse relationship, almost like blind people become better listeners because they can't, they can't <laughs> see? And as you get older, perhaps you become a little more spiritually attuned. How, how are you experiencing that? I think that as I see that I'm going to become more and more limited, and I know it's happening, I feel a release in a way to trust God more. It's like the more I need him, I know the more I can trust that he will be there to provide and also to help me just accept. And um, this, it's a beautiful, it's a road we're on that is meant. We're meant to get older, and it's a way for us to let go and thank God for our lives. Hmm. 
and just be at peace and trust that whatever is going to happen will be in his plan and we will be in some way, even if it's through suffering, a help to our families and to the world around us. I'm not afraid of it. I, I think that our materialistic society makes everybody so afraid because they think that when you die, it's the end. Mm-hmm. There is no future. But there is only, the only future we have is in heaven. That's it. The future is huge. It's a huge future. And it's full of joy and peace and light. And it's meant for all of us. But we have to, we have to want it. And we have to prepare for it. And we have to believe in it. And so it's also, again, very countercultural for most of our society they have chosen atheism, and there's nothing in the future. And that's why everybody's grasping so hard at mm-hmm. this life. Mm-hmm. This life is only a preparation for something so beautiful we cannot imagine it. And this period of aging up, getting old, mm-hmm. is actually a preparation for that. It's kind of like a journey. It's almost like Elijah, our Lord, has taken us aside all right, to prepare us for the last leg of our journey. Mm-hmm. You know, we might want to feel... We might feel ready to go now, want to die now because I can't play football like I used to or, <laughs> you know, yeah. water ski or whatever it might be. And so people are nearing the finish line and might be tempted to despair because of it, as you just said. Mm-hmm. And our job is to kind of help them get across that finish line. Yes. So how, do you, how, would, you, how would you go about um, helping people like that make prayer a bigger part of their lives? Well... It's uh, If it hasn't been already, it can be difficult. But I think the more that we age, the more we recognize that we need God. We just know that somehow that there's an empty space there that cannot be filled by anything but God. And um, the best way is just to pray with them. You know, like offer to come pray a rosary with them or take them to church or even just show them a prayer that's on the internet or on TV, you know. It just give them a way to learn to pray if they haven't learned already. And that's that's all I can think of. I know a lot of people that are responding to Mary TV are responding often in their older life saying, I've never prayed before. Now I have a chance to be at Mass, I am have a, a chance to pray the rosary with you. I didn't know this. you know, I didn't know that. And it's giving them one last push. you know. So there's always a way to get somebody close to God. If they need it and you know someone who needs it, try and help them. Hmm. You know, I, I recently helped my own mother downsize you know, from a home that my dad and her had bought. And it was a smooth transition, Right. Got the furniture moved. Mm-hmm. You know, the brothers and sisters all pitched in and helped and got along just fine for the most part. Right. Um, uh, but it was only a part of what she needed. And what I concluded was that she needed a vision. So mm-hmm. I was getting there late one night after we had just made the move and it was going smoothly. But I knew something was missing, you know, after raising nine kids herself. And she nursed uh, my father in his final, final illness, mm-hmm. nursed her mother who lived almost to 100 my through her life. final illness. Mm-hmm. She was probably wondering, you know, why am I still here? Why do we even have to bother downsizing? But it was a nice place. It was closer to her church and to my sisters and all the rest. So I decided to be bold, kind of like what you're saying. Not that she she knew how to pray, but still, mm-hmm. she's human. She's feeling anxious. And yeah. what does the future hold and all the rest? 
And so I decided to be bold. And so I sat down with her that evening and I said, Mom, I see you becoming an anchorite and, you know, praying for the rest of us in this crazy world to boot. And, and her face just lit up and uh, she had this big, beautiful smile. And she said, you mean like Julian of Norwich? <laughs> and I said, yes, exactly. And well, I didn't really know much about her of knowing the name. Uh, Pope Benedict gave a beautiful Wednesday audience once recounting, recounting her reassuring message for people who are anxious as they go through life's changes. And in the Catholic Catechism, one of her famous sayings is, is recorded. It says, all shall be well, all shall be well, all manner of things shall be well. And so I got my daughter to paint her picture, a, a, a rendition of Julian of Norwich hung, hanging on mom's wall. And we put it on the cover of our full color uh, Friends of God rosary booklet um, that we've been using in nursing homes the last couple of years, at least up until recently. And it contains prayers and instructions for saying the rosary because mm. people would often want to, as you say, well, what is that? How do you do that? You know, and I go through so many rosaries, you know, the ones you get in the mail. That was perfect for going to the nursing homes because you always had to bring a fresh one the next week. <laughs> always said somebody stole it from their nightstand yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and so we have prayers in it, original art, and wisdom from other saints like Mother Teresa. As you mentioned Padre Pio, uh, uh, Josephine Bakita. Uh, it's four by six and 20 pages long. So, Kathy, um, I really appreciate you taking the your time to come. I know you're saying you're not so busy anymore, but I know you're very busy with your project on MaryTV.tv, right? Right. So anybody would like to, to follow you. You have a, a morning rosary and um, morning chaplet of mercy, mercy of out. Yeah. Hour of Mercy. Divine Would you like mercy. to say a little something about that? Oh, well, um, yes, we have actually, it's now a, a full-blown television uh, network, you might say. We have many shows. They're all many live shows, at least six hours of live shows a day. And um, most of it comes from Medjugorje, but some of it's from here in the States, too. There, There's Mass, Rosary after Rosary, Divine Mercy, several... Uh, talk show type things. So it's a good place to go if you want to know more about Our Lady, if you want to stay close to the church and the sacraments, but you can't get there because there's Mass and uh, Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament live for a half an hour. So it's just full of food for those who are desiring God and want to get close and they can't they can't go for some reason or, you know, just to keep your life alive. It's wonderful. And Our Lady in Medjugorje has created such an atmosphere of prayer that you just get caught up in it. So that's what we do. Beautiful. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. Well, I'm Chris Godfrey, and you've been listening to The Sandwich Generation, where we are better because of each other. See you next time. If you have a question about today's topic, feel free to email us at sandwichgeneration at redeemerradio.com. Comments by the host or any of his guests should not be construed as legal advice. If you would like to register for the free estate planning workshop, How to Protect Your Stuff in Three Easy Steps, visit godfreylawoffices.com or call 574-237-9000. And if you would like to receive our Friends of God rosary booklet, please send a free will offering to Redeemer Radio at redeemerradio.com forward slash sandwich. You can download this or any other episode of our show by searching The Sandwich Generation wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to like and subscribe. You've been listening to The Sandwich Generation with Chris Godfrey, a production of Redeemer Radio.